We're going to go to the the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2, this morning, if you will, in your Bible, the Gospel of Luke, in chapter number 2. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one there in front of you, in the seat there in front of you, if you'd like to follow along with us this morning. Thank you to everyone that prayed for us while we were away in Idaho last week, preaching revival meeting there at Post Falls Baptist Church in Post Falls, Idaho. Thank you for that. Uh, we had one lady saved last Sunday morning, trusted Christ as her Savior, and then just tremendous meetings throughout the week. Thank you so much for praying. Uh, just, just God just met with us in a wonderful way. I'm so thankful that He's still alive and that He's still willing to meet with His people and, and uh, for the graciousness of the church there. And we're just praying for fruit that remains. That's all His business, isn't it? We're just praying that God leaves fruit that remains. Luke chapter 2, look down in your Bible to verse number 41. Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin our reading there in verse 41. The Bible says, now his parents, talking about Jesus, earthly parents, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt, uh, thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father, and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Um. Let me try to preach to you this morning on this subject, losing touch with the Savior. Losing touch with the Savior. Let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, one last time we just ask for your guidance and power to preach this message the way you'd have it done. Lord, we need your help. We know that. And Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts today and you'd help help us to be closer to you when we leave this place than we were when we came in. And again, if there's someone here that does not know Christ as their Savior, I pray that you'd speak very clearly to them about that, that you would convince them and convict them, Lord, and bring them to that place of uh, willingness to put their their faith and trust in Christ. Help us now, Lord. Meet with us, we pray, and we trust you for these things because we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God, and please do be seated.
Well, if I'm seeing the clock right back there, it says 10.15. And we usually don't get out till noon. I told them when they hung up the clock that one day it would be their detriment to their detriment. Anyway, some of you are nervous already. Don't be nervous. It's all right. I understand. Here in Luke chapter 2, we have the only story recorded concerning our Savior from His infancy into the age of 29. Um, Christ went up with His parents to Jerusalem at the Feast of the Passover, and it was their practice to attend there. They were there every year, and they knew that they should be there, even though it was a long journey, and uh, they were poor and perhaps not well able without putting themselves out to bear the expenses of the trip to get there. But that just proves to me that we must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That worldly business must always give way to spiritual concerns. Now, you think about it, Joseph and Mary had the Savior in their house with them, but they didn't stay home and have home Bible study. Anyway, I'll move on about that. They went to church. But the Lord loves the church. Absolutely. And we should love the church. Anyway, Jesus went up with them at the age of 12, beginning to learn the duties of adult church membership, if you will. I really do believe that children should be taught from a very young age what God expects of them. I think they should be taught to sit still in services. Let me stop right there for just a second and tell you that if you don't have your children sit still at home every once in a while, don't try to make them sit still at church because you'll teach them to hate church. If every time they go to church, they get thumped in the head because they're not sitting still, it's a good idea to teach them every once in a while at home to just sit down, read a book, be still for a while. Anyway, that's free advice. Anyway, <clears throat> but I think they should be taught those things. I think they should be taught to respect the man of God as he preaches the Word of God. I think they should be taught to attend Sunday school and church services. I think they should be taught to tithe and give to missions and attend special meetings and read their Bibles and pray and tell others about Jesus and all those things that we should know, I think we should be trying to teach our children that from a very young age. Now, in the story that we're looking at today, we see that uh, his parents, uh, his parents, they lost touch with Jesus. And that's what I want to look at a little bit this morning. So let's think first about the people that lost touch. Verse number 43 there says, And when they had fulfilled the days uh, there at the feast, uh, uh, and when they fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So the people that we see that lost touch were Joseph and Mary, those that uh, were raising him, those that uh, lived in their home with them. Uh, those that were closest to him at the time. They're the ones that lost touch with him. And and let me just ask, those closest to him, um, are you in touch with him? What do you mean, preacher? Well, you know, I I, I mean, it's important that we are maintaining a close personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, you know, good grief. It's not like I'm not a faithful church member. I'm a faithful church member. Hallelujah to God. We need faithful church members, and I'm thankful for that. Absolutely so. And we should be a good faithful church member, shouldn't we? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely so. Well, preacher, good grief. It's not like I don't serve around here. I mean, I work on a bus ministry. I'm one of those bus workers. I get up early 
on Saturday uh, on Saturday and come out and go out and visit my bus route. And then I come in early on Sunday and go out and ride the cold bus in the winter and the hot bus in the summer and bring those kids in. Let me just say hallelujah for the bus ministry. I'm very, very thankful that we still have a bus ministry and go, we go out and try to bring people in that they might hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might have some compassion and make a difference along the way in St. Joseph, Missouri. I'm very thankful, and I'm thankful for every bus worker that we have, but I'm not asking you whether or not you're a bus worker. I'm asking you, are you close to Him? Are you close to the Lord? Well, preacher, I'm a Sunday school teacher, and, and, and I'm here, and I, I pray during the week for my class, and I study my lesson all throughout the week, and then I come in early on Sunday to make sure my class is in order and where I can greet them when they come in my room, and then I do my best to prayfully teach them and care about them and show them that Jesus loves them. Hallelujah, we need faithful Sunday school teachers. We need, no, 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 we need teachers that are going to study their lesson on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We need teachers that are going to go out and visit their classes and show those, show those people, young and old alike, that they care about them and they are praying for them. And we need teachers that are going to show up early on Sunday morning, make sure their class is prepared and make sure that they're prepared and, and make sure that they show the love of Christ to people. But I'm not asking you just if you're a Sunday school teacher, I'm asking you, are you close to the Lord? The people that lost touch were. Those that think they're doing okay, are you close to him? Are you in touch with him? Well, preacher, you know, I'm here. I'm here Sunday morning. I'm here Sunday night. I'm here Wednesday night. I try to come to special meetings and all those things. Those that, that think they're okay, listen. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Are you in touch with him or are you just going through the motions? Because we can go through the motions, can't we? I mean, we can get into churchianity, can't we? We can get into religiosity, can't we? Where we're just going through the steps, but we're not really in touch with the Savior. It's important that we know that we're in touch with Him. The people that lost touch with Him are those that were around Him the most. Uh, But look at verse number 42. It says, And when He was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. So that's the place they lost touch with Him. The place they lost touch with Him was Jerusalem. The place they lost touch with him is where the temple of God was built. The place they lost touch with him is where God's chosen people reside. Uh, The place they lost touch with him is where Christ will one day set up his earthly kingdom. I'm looking forward to that time. Amen. Absolutely so. The place they lost touch with him was the house of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't, no, 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 no. You don't have to quit attending church to lose touch with the Savior. You can come to church every time the doors are open. Uh, you can have your you can have your you can have your seat where you get mad if somebody else sits in it. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put that out there. But it's one thing to come to church to do your duty. It's completely another thing to come wanting God to do something in your life. And every time we come to the house of God, we should be asking Him, Lord, would you please speak to my heart? Lord, if there's a need in my life, will you please show that to me? Uh, Lord, if I'm struggling in an area and I'm blind to it, will you please help me? Uh, Lord, will you guide me? Will you direct me? Will you speak directly to me? If you don't speak to anybody else today, will you please speak to me? Will you please help me? Will you convict me where I'm wrong and help me where I'm right? Lord, will you give me the strength to live the life that you would have me live? Come on. I'm telling you, we have to come to the house of God wanting something from God. 
If we don't come wanting something from God, it shouldn't be an amazement when we walk out and say, well, I didn't get anything in that service. Well, the preacher's just not feeding me anymore. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing that there can be a church full of people that are getting fed and there can be one or two that's not getting fed. I don't know, something's wrong there. There's something wrong. No, 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 no. We have to make sure that we're coming for the right reason. Listen, listen. We have to be careful because we become apathetic and complacent with the preaching of God's Word when we should be hungering and thirsting after what God has for us every time that we come in the doors. We need to be hungering and thirsting after what God has because there's not anyone in here sitting or standing that doesn't need something from God. We're in need of what God has for us. And it is possible, isn't it, to have tasted the goodness of God and and witness a moving of God, even being exactly where God would have us to be and still lose touch with God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We must, we must continually be on guard that we're hungering and thirsting after the things of God and not become hardened, listen, not become hardened by the world to the things that He has for us. Because He does have things for us. But look at verse 43 again. It says, and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So here's the problem. Look up here now for a minute. Here's the problem with losing touch. Um, They knew not of it. They didn't know they had lost touch. And too often, I really do believe that we get to going through our religious rituals and we think that we're doing okay. No, spiritually, we think that we're doing okay. We think that we're in touch with the Lord. We think that we're where we need to be spiritually. Excuse me. And that's what preaching's all about. It's a time that we can come and listen and let God examine us and see where we really are in our Christian walk. Am I truly close to God? Am I truly doing the things that I should do? Because many times we come into a service, even like this service, and we think we're doing okay. But as the preaching reveals the dirt in our lives, and we acknowledge it, oh, I'll say it again. As the preaching reveals the dirt in our lives, and we really acknowledge it, because we have to acknowledge it. Come on, if we just want to push it off, if we just want to act like we're doing just fine, we can continue to stay in that same condition week after week, month after month, even year after year. And so as a preaching reveals things in our life and, we willing to, and we're willing to acknowledge it, God can show us just out of how out of touch with Him we really are. I mean, just because it looks as though that we're doing everything just right does not mean that we're in touch with the Savior. They knew it not. Look at verse number 44. We're moving along great. No matter what the clock says, we're moving along great. Verse 44. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So there's a process of losing touch here. And the, the process, the main thing, it all started with this. They assumed he was still there. They assumed he was still there. What, what do you mean, preacher? Well, back during this time, they, they traveled with family and friends. Um, they traveled together in groups because there was a lot of danger out there when they traveled from city to city, town to town. 
And uh, apparently they assumed that he was around there with someone. Now, they, I'm t- come on, they get all together and they take it off and in their caravan and all the wagons and different things. And I mean, maybe Joseph said to Mary, hey, have you seen Jesus? Oh, no, but he's bound to be back there with somebody, you know. I, I mean, good grief, he's never shown us a bit of trouble. Come on. He's got, he's probably back. Him and John, him and John, you know, they just run together all the time and they're probably back there doing something. And they took off out of the city on their, on their journey. I think we could say it like this. They took him for granted that he was there. They took him for granted. Apparently, they didn't talk to him. Because if they had talked to him before they left, they would have known he was there with them. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you've talked to him? No, I mean really talked to him. No, I'm not talking about just going down a prayer list. I think we ought to have a prayer list. And we pass one out every Wednesday night to, that we might pray for one another and our missionaries and all that stuff. But I'm not talking about just going down a prayer list because if we're not careful, we can go through a prayer list in about, oh, 15 minutes and pray around the world, can't we? Go through our religious ritual to where we pray for this and pray for that and pray for this and pray for that and just hurry up and get all that done so we can go on and do something more important. But how long has it been since you really talked to him? I mean, and knew you were talking to him. Come on, God is alive and well. And he wants us to commune with him. He wants us to be in touch with him. I mean, how long has it been since you've gotten alone with him and you knew that he was there? Because he's willing to meet with us. Come on, in our, on that private place, He is willing to meet with us, and He will meet with us if we get serious. No, no, no. If we get serious about meeting with Him, He will meet with us. So how long has it been since you've just gotten alone somewhere with Him and poured out your heart? Because He already knows everything about us, doesn't He? He knows, he knows our whole life. He knows what's going on. He knows more than we know. But He wants us to talk to Him about that. I mean, to know that we're talking to Him. No, no, how long has it been since you really got alone and you spent some time talking to God and you knew He was there? Are you still with me here? You knew He was there to the extent that you didn't even want to get up. I mean, really praying. In touch with Him. There's a difference between just going through your prayer list and really spending time praying. How long has it been since you talked to Him? If they'd have talked to Him, before they left, they'd have known he was there. Um, if he'd have talked to them before they left, they would have known he was there. How long has it been since he talked to you? Since he really talked to you? Come on, we, we know that this is his word. This is the Word of God. And we know that He uses it to speak to us. And I'm not just talking about doing your Bible reading. And we should read the Bible every day. We ought to be, no, no, we ought to be in the Bible every day. But how long has it been since He talked to you? Because we can get to that place of going through the motions and reading our chapters. 
and closing the book. And if somebody was to ask us later in the day, hey, what did, what, what, what did you read in the Bible this morning? It might be like, what, uh, what, um, let me see, I was, uh, well, you know, I'm not sure, but it was good. Okay, that didn't go over well at all, did it? You know, God uses this book to speak to us. And, uh, I mean, if you're a born-again child of God, there's been times in your life that you were reading this Bible and all of a sudden something just jumped off the page and it was like, oh, mercy's sake, that was just for me. I mean, God illuminates His Word. No, it's very, very real. And He speaks directly to us. And it's like, mercy's sake's alive. I mean, that couldn't be any better for what I need in my life at this time. So, so I'm asking you, no, 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 I'm asking you, I'm asking you, I mean, how long has it been since he's talked to you? <clears throat> I mean, really spoke to you? I mean, where you knew that was, man, that was for me. I mean, to the point that, you, I mean, you're willing to thank him, Lord, I needed that today so bad. Because he wants, no, no, he wants to do that. He wants to do that. He wants that for us because he loves us and cares about us. And He wants to strengthen us. And He wants to guide us. He, knew, he wants us to know that we are there for Him. But it's got to be more than just going through the daily ritual of reading your Bible. It's got to be that desire of, Oh Lord, I need something from You today. And Father, open Thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of Thy law. This is a wonderful book. It's the living Word of God. And He can use it to speak to us very clearly, can't He? And I'm asking you, no, I'm asking you, absolutely asking you, how long has it been since God spoke to you that way? Because we can get in the habit of just turning the pages and turning the pages and turning the pages and there's really just, you know, not a lot going on. If He had talked to them, they'd have known. If He had done something before, for them before they left, they'd have known He was there. Hey, Jesus, come on up here and help me load up this wagon before we pull out of here. Yes, sir. Come on, that's what he would have said. Yes, sir. Boy, he just jumped right on it. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. He wouldn't have said, hey, you, can you wait a minute? I need to finish killing these aliens. No, he would have just minded his earthly father and said, yes, sir. Get right on it. I'll jump right on it. You'd have been doing something for him. Let me ask you another question. How long has it been since he's answered a prayer for you? No, he is a prayer answering God. And I'm true. No, 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 no. If we're talking to him and he's speaking to us, there's going to be answers to prayer. And we're going to know when it happens that it was him that did it. Come on, I'm talking about a prayer that nobody else knows about, that you're just talking to the Lord about. That's the only person you've told. That's the only person you're talking to. And then it happens and it was like, oh, only God could have done that. I'm asking you, how long has it been since He's answered a prayer for you? No, I want you to think about it. Because if it's been very long, something's not right. And God's just as powerful as He has always been. Yes, 
And it could very well be that maybe that you're just not in touch with Him. That you've lost touch with Him. Even though you're coming to church, even though you carry your Bible, even though you have some prayer life, and all these different things. I mean, how long has it been since He has really done something for you? I think that probably that they figured that when they needed him, that he'd be there in an instant. What do you mean, preacher? Well, <clears throat> they start off on their journey. Said they went a day's journey, a whole day. And then something came up, I guess, where they thought, well, where's Jesus? Oh, come on, they're, they're, they're walking along, and it's like, hey, listen, uh, could some of y'all search back there and, and tell Jesus to come up here? I need Him. I need Him to do something for me. And they kept walking. He didn't show up. Hey! Hey, yeah, could you check around? Maybe he's asleep in one of the wagons or something, but could you check and see if you can find Jesus back there? Because, I mean, I, I, there, there's some things I need for him to do. Could you just send him up here as soon as you find him? And they kept on going. Same way they were going. And he didn't show up. Hey, could, could, could somebody... Can somebody find Jesus back there? I'm telling you, I've got a need. I've got a need, and I need him right now. I know I haven't been talking to him, and I know he hasn't been talking to me, and it's been a little while since he's been doing something for me, but, but now I need him. I really need him to show up now. They probably thought that he would be there in an instant when they needed him. You know, the Bible says over in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, to think that we can just haphazardly go through this life and use him when we want to use Him, ain't going to work. We can't use Him like a spare tire. <clears throat> they thought He should be there in an instant. Um, look at verse 48. There was peril in this. And them losing touch. Verse 48 says, And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Sorrowing. So, there was sorrow. And that word there is a very strong word in, in, in the Greek. It, it means there was grieving. There was torment. 
Okay, let me ask you this. Look up here. You, you that you that have parent uh, that have parents, you that have uh, children or grandchildren, whatever. Um, have you ever had one of those times in your life that it was like, where'd the child go? Come on, whether you're at the department store or whatever, it's just like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. Come on, immediately. It's just like, whoa. Um, can you imagine losing a child for three days? I imagine there was some grieving. I imagine there was some torment. I imagine there were some tears. Come on, stay with me here. I imagine there was some real sorrowing. Because they couldn't find him. And once we realize that he's no longer close to us, it should bring us some godly sorrow. Lord, what have I done? For godly sorrow work is repentance. What the Bible says. No, no, once we realize that we're not in touch with Him anymore, it should break our heart. It should cause a void in our lives. When we realize how long it's been since we've talked to anybody about Him, or we realize how long it's been since we've talked to Him, or we realize how long it's been since He has spoken to us, and when we realize how long it's been since He really answered prayer, when we realize that we're not truly in touch with our Savior, it should give us a desire to be in touch with Him. To really be in touch with Him. See, to find Him, they had to turn around. Okay? They had to repent. Years ago in the British Armed Services, as they marched in formation... The commander, whatever it was called in that group, would holler out, Repent! Men about face. It was a command. Go the other way. If they would have just kept going the way they were going, once they realized that they had lost touch with him, they would have gotten further and further and further and further away. They had to turn around. They had, to, they had to go in a different direction if they were going to find him. If they were going to get in touch with him once again. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed. And meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand uphold me. Listen, friend, aren't you tired of not being in touch with Him? Aren't you tired of just playing the church game? Wouldn't you love to hear that still small voice once again and know that you're in touch with the Savior? Does it break your heart that you're not? Do you even care? Do you even care? 
that your prayer life isn't what it once was, that your Bible reading isn't what it, what, 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 isn't what it once was, that your witnessing isn't what it once was. Do you even care that you've lost touch? That you're just going through the motions? That you come to church to soothe your conscience or to appease somebody else? Someone else? Will you even admit it to yourself? They sought Him sorrowing. Sorrowing. Well, where did they find Him? Look at verse 46. It says, And it came to pass that after three days they found Him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. We have to notice something here. They went a day's journey away from him. Look up here for a second. They went a day's journey away from him, but it took them three days to find him. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying they didn't find him immediately. I really do believe that people come to the realization that they're not in touch with the Savior and they turn back trying to find Him. But they'll not be diligent in their search and they never do make it. Well, preacher, I read a meme the other day on Facebook that says, you know, that if you turn around, you're only one step away from the Lord. Well, that's the problem with memes on Facebook. I know the Lord's always there. But it's one thing to know that He's there, and it's another thing to know, oh, He's there. It's a difference. It's a difference. And even if we think about the uh, prodigal son, the, pro- the parable of the prodigal son, he went off into a far country, wasted his substance of righteous living, got away from the Lord. He had to make that journey all the way back to the Father. Well, how far is a far country? I don't know, but it's far. That's deep, wasn't it? Anyway, he had to make that journey back. And after the first day of that journey back, if he had just decided this is too much, I can just stop here. He would have never experienced the embracing of the Father that ran to meet him. You know what we want? This is the age we live in, the society we live in. We want instant gratification. We want instant gratification. I mean, we think that if we read a chapter or two out of the Bible, man, we ought to just be close to God and everything ought to be okie-dokie. Everything ought to be rosy. We're not willing to forsake things that we might draw closer to Him. We're not willing to put out extra effort 
Come on, don't you think there was probably some extra effort as they sought for him? I would be willing to say there wasn't a lot of sleeping in those three days as they were searching for him. Probably wasn't a lot of eating going on either. No, they weren't worried about that. All they were worried about is getting in touch with the Savior. They wanted to be close to him again. And no matter the hard road back, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't, doesn't, doesn't expound on it, but I'd be willing to say probably as they turned back, it was probably just Joseph and Mary. Come on, making that trip back on that road where usually they travel with other people. It was just them, but it didn't, didn't matter. Come on, didn't matter. They had to go alone, they had to go alone. If nobody was there with them, didn't matter. Still going to go find him. If nobody else is headed that way, I'm headed that way. Doesn't matter what people say. Oh, no, no, nobody's going to keep me from going that way. I have got to get in touch with him. They did what they had to do. And once we realize that we are not close to Him the way that we were once close to Him, that we have lost touch with Him, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be willing to do what we have to do. And it may take getting rid of Facebook and Instagram and what all those other things. It may take, it may take shutting off the TV for a month. It, it may take determining that you're going to spend more time in your Bible than you do uh, uh, doing uh, uh, other recreation or pleasures. I'm telling you, but, but there is nothing more important than being close to God. You have to decide that He's the most important thing in your life. Because He is the most important thing in your life, whether you want to believe it or not. That you just can't go another day without being close to Him. That you're going to do all the things that you know that you need to do to get back in touch with Him. Then you will find Him if you diligently seek Him. Diligently seek Him. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says, He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, the favor of God. He that diligently... He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, the favor of God. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. What the Bible says. So we have to decide what we're going to seek. How much effort we're going to put into it. You'll not keep going the same way you're going and get in touch with him. You had to repent if you were ever saved by the grace of God, and you'll have to repent if you ever want to be close to Him again. Come on, a Christian's life is a life of repentance, isn't it? Determining that we're going to get back to Him, going to be close to Him, going to get to Him, whatever it takes, man. I just want to be close to Him. Mercy sakes, God help us in this day that we live in not to accept some watered-down form of religion that says that we can live any way that we want to live and that God just understands, God understands along the way. Help us to repent and live our lives close to God and in touch with God. Well, preacher, that's just that old-time religion. It's worked for a long time. still works today for those people who want to practice it. 
They found him where they left him. Look at verse 46. Now we're right at done. Look at verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So they found him where they left him. Maybe you just need to go back to that place you left him. Maybe you need to go back to your first love. Your first love. Miss Pam and I have been married by the good grace of God for 43 years. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that she's put up with me all this time. I can still remember the first time I saw her walking across a parking lot. She had no idea who I was or if I was even alive. I still remember the first time I saw her walking across the parking lot. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> she still makes me feel that way. and That's none of your business. And we met, and she agreed, and we married, and uh, I loved her the best I could at that point. Lost, undone, didn't know the Savior. Five years later in our marriage, I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. And God taught me how to love Him. Which taught me how to love her. I didn't even know how to love until I met the Savior. Yeah. She was my first love. We got married. Five years later, when I trusted the Lord, I realized this is my first love. Maybe we just need to go back to our first love. When I first met her, I couldn't spend enough time with her. I wanted to spend more time with her. She could only take phone calls, according to her parents, on a certain day. I did not like that. But I did what I had to do. And I talked to her every chance I had. And I went out with her every chance I got. And I spent poured out affection on her. And I listened to her. And I cared about her. When I first got saved, 38 years ago next month, I wanted to spend time with the Lord. And I did all the time I could. 
And I wanted to listen to him as he spoke to me. And I did. And I wanted to obey him as he was changing my life from that life of drug addiction to a new life. And I did. And I talked to him. Because he's my first love. If you've ever been saved by the grace of God, you experienced that. No, I don't, I don't mind saying it. it. Really, if you've ever truly been born again by the Spirit of God, you've experienced that. It's like, man, I can't spend enough time with Him. And you're talking to Him, and He's talking to you, and He's answering prayer like you've never experienced it. But if we let the cares of this world... And the problems of this life separate us from that. Then it becomes um, ho-hum. Well, I read my Bible today. What would you get out of it? Well, maybe I'll get something tomorrow. Well, I prayed today. Oh, really? Well, has God answered your prayer? Well, you know, well, well. Maybe you just need to go back to that place you left him. Maybe you just need to fall in love with him all over again. Maybe there are some things, come on, I'm writing it down. Maybe there are some things that have uh, stolen your attention away from him that you just need to get out of your life until you get in touch again. Until you learn to love to spend time with him again. Maybe we just need to get back in the prayer closet, back in the Bible, and get in touch with the Savior for the sake of those around us. Sir, you need to be in touch with the Savior for the sake of your wife. Ma'am, you need to be in touch with the Savior for the sake of your husband. Mom and Dad, you need to be in touch with the Savior for the sake of your children. Young people, you need to be in touch with the Savior for the sake of your parents. Losing touch with the Savior. Where are you? In your No, no, in your relationship with God. Where are you? You'll never get back to where you need to be until you take that first step to get back there. And I couldn't encourage you enough. If you are away from Him, that first step could, today could be a trip to the altar. Just asking God to help you with the journey back. He's there. The Bible says, draw an eye to Him, He'll draw an eye to you. And I know that God takes bigger steps than we do. Let's stand. Would you stand with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed for just a moment, no one looking around. Maybe someone in here this morning would just say, Preacher, I'm not even sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that I've ever trusted Christ as my personal Savior. Would you please pray for me? If you're here like that this morning, would you just slip your hand up wherever you are and allow me to pray for you? I'm not going to, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I'd just like to pray for you, preacher. I'm not even sure that I'm saved by the grace of God.
Would you please remember me in prayer? Anybody here like that this morning? I'd sure like to pray for you. I'd like to do that. Anyone? God's spoken to your heart this morning. You let Him have His way. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for the Bible. Thank You that You love us the way that You do. And You do love us. Lord, the problem is so many times we fall out of love with You. And we don't desire to spend that time with You. And we don't desire to spend that time in Your Word. And we really have no expectation of You answering prayer for us because we've lost touch. And I don't know what the need is in this place this morning. I just pray people would respond to You. Lord, whether they come to these old-fashioned altars, whether they make an altar right where they're sitting, but they would take some time to draw close to You. Lord, that they would be honest with You and honest with themselves, that they would admit it, that they're not where they need to be. And they would take those steps to head back to You. Father, bless this time of invitation. I pray for those in here that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I pray, Lord, you'd convince them that that's their greatest need, that we might have an opportunity to show them how they can get that settled. Bless this time of invitation. We pray and trust you to do what only you can do. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's going to play. Many have already come to the altar. You need to come this morning. Why don't you come? Why don't you step out? Just let God, no, no, just let, just step out. Folks will let you out. I'm telling you, if, no, no, if you tell that person next to you, well, excuse me, it, it may even prompt them to come to do business with God. But let God have His way. You know you're not where you need to be. Just let God have His way. Come on, that's what this, that's what church service is all about. That we might better draw close to God. That we'd allow God to have His way in our hearts and our lives. Are you in touch with Him? Or are you just going through the motions? He's here for you. He'll help you. Just let Him have His way.